0: Good morning, Bethel family. So glad you could join us today. Today is going to be a very unique service. God has just been shaking me, wrestling me, stirring me, and I definitely feel the spirit of prophecy on me right now to speak into your life for just an eternal transformation to take you to the next place that God has for you during this time. Now, I also want to thank Sharon Allen and all of our first responders. We just couldn't make it without them. Uh, as far as what goes on in this world, we're so honored for her and all of our first responders. Well, let me just pray for them right now, Father. I just thank you for all of our medical professionals and hospital employees and custodians and all those first, all of our amazing first responders out in the field, ministering to the sick, to the hopeless, to the needy. Cover them, protect them. We just rebuke any vi- that, that the virus would not touch them and that they would be whole to do their service, give them strength in their homes, meet their financial needs and their health needs, and especially their spiritual needs. God, we also pray for all those that are out serving in grocery stores and all the necessary businesses that are open. We just pray for them now, protect them, keep them safe. And God, all those that can't work right now, we just lift them up as well. And we thank you that you've got us And we're walking in you and your truth, and we will overcome in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. So just great to be with you today. God has really been wrestling me. We've got some cool things this week. Uh, Tonight, Pastor Jay Atkins is going to be on for one hour live with me on Facebook Live, and they'll put on the bottom screen how how you can tap into that. Monday night, Pastor Wes Morgan, look out. Holy Ghost time, me and him, we're gonna tear it up for an hour. And then Wednesday night, our favorite prophet in the world, Prophet Ed Trout's gonna be on with me for an hour ministering to you. We just wanna prepare you, stir you, challenge your faith. And then Friday night, we're gonna do the first forever for us. We've never done this. And what is it? A drive in. Yeah, drive in Good Friday service and take communion together. We've got it in little packages that it'll be handed out to you with, you know, gloves and all that, cars parked six feet apart, and we're going to have a Holy Ghost time here, and uh, it's going to be fun. Now, one of the reasons I'm so stirred up as I sent word out uh, to my pastor friends, prophet friends, minister friends, people who I know and trust and seek counsel from and also sharing my life with, that I just said, hey, you, do you have a word for our house? I'd love to have you come on and spend time with me and speak directly to our Bethel family through this time. One of those men is John Bevere, who's been a great friend for over 20 years. And uh, has, anytime I've called, he's ministered to me, and I've been there for him, and he's been here to preach in this great auditorium. And uh, he said, yes, pastor, I have a word. And then He's got a word for you and a special gift that's going to bring great blessing to your life to help build your faith through this season. I'll let you know when we will air that. And then he gave me a word and I, that he had put back from 1986 that was a, really a word given during that time, not from him, but from a great prophet who since went to be of the Lord. Before I give you that word, this just so wrecked me and stirred me because I was like, Lord, as like, I'm coming into this time, and we're coming into our Holy Week and coming into our Easter celebration and the resurrection of our Lord, what is it I'm am I to say to the people? I don't want it to just be something where I'm up here doing the typical Easter stuff, and it should never be that, but it seems that's what it is. A lot of times it ends up being, unfortunately, a dog or pony show we preachers can get caught up in the hype and try to draw you and do this. Well, I don't think we have a people tra- problem drawing people right now because of the crisis and the plague that we're facing. So what I want to do now is speak to your heart and your spirit of how to build on what I talked to you last year, how to access the resurrecting power that Christ gave us when he rose from the dead. And I'll get into that some today, but here's the cry I have for you now. And here's what I want you to hear. The great prophet who's went to the Lord, be of the Lord years ago, uh, David Wilkerson. Remember the preacher in the Switchblade, the old movie, I think that's the title of it. Uh, he planted the great Times Square church in New York. And uh, it's a still a great thriving ministry today. Here's a prophecy David Wilkerson gave in 1986. Listen to this. He said, I see a plague coming on the world and the bars, and the churches, and the government. Listen to that. Where on the world, which we see this plague around the world, the bars, the churches, and the government will be shut down. Woo, my goodness. That's strong, right where we're at. The plague will hit New York City. And right now, the that have more coronavirus diagnosis and so on, I think, than any particular city in the world and deaths. The plague will hit New York City <clears throat> and shake it like it's never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer into their Bibles And repentance will be the cry from the man of God from the pulpit. It's time for us preachers to preach with repentance and fire. Look at this now. Why is that? And out of it, everybody say out of it. Out of it, out of what? Out of this. We're believing for that. We're believing that this coronavirus, this plague is broken, and and the sickness and the death is broken. We're believing that the poverty it's trying to bring on families is broken, Right? And out of it will come what? A third, a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. Wow, what a word. I I just want you to get that in your spirit. Let me read it one more time. They'll have it on the screen. 1986, David Wilkerson prophesied. I see a plague coming on the world and the bars and the churches and the governments will be shut. Government will be shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it as it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles, and in repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit, and out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and this world. I am telling you right now, the president says we have an invisible enemy. That's a nice way to say we are battling against principalities and power. We know sickness, disease, poverty, death, and the spirit of murder all come from Satan, our adversary. He said in Jesus said in John ten ten, Satan comes what but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, do does what comes to give life, and to give life. More abundantly. I am here to prophesy to you: the weak, if they do not focus on what this prophecy said and what the Bible says on the word and and stir their faith, will get weaker. But I promise you, even the weakest can become the strongest if you will take this word to heart and build your faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter three, uh, chapter eleven. The Bible tells us that without faith it is impossible to please God. Why? Because without faith, you can't communicate with God. Without faith, you can't access the inheritance that you've received through salvation, that we have been called up together with him, as the saints, in an inheritance. We have the inheritance of him, our elder brother Jesus, right? We have that authority. We have the power. We have the gifts. They've been taken captive on our behalf and given to us to do the work of the ministry while we're on this earth. Remember, the anointing of the Lord is in you for your sake, but the anointing of the Lord is on you for the sake of others. This place that we're here in now called planet earth is not our home. It's our assignment. Our home is heaven. And the reason we know that is Jesus taught us how to pray, didn't he? What did he say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. Your assignment, my friend, as a child of God, is to bring as many people to home, to heaven, as you possibly can. This is just a working field for us. This is just a place we've been assigned. And Jesus, as he came into the city on that, that beautiful holy week, kicking it off, and we call it our Palm Sunday when he rode in on the donkey, and all the thousands, tens of thousands were praising and worshiping him. Just within a few hours, they're ready to crucify him and take his life. That's how quick a mob turns. That's how quick a crowd turns. And right now, we're gonna find out in the body of Christ who's the crowd and who's the church. That's right, who's the crowd and who's the church? It's our time to allow the Spirit of God, His faith, His hope, and His love to stir us up. I hear some people, and I feel sorry for them, they're, they're trying to walk in faith publicly, but it's really out of fear and desperation. I'm not nervous about the things going on now, because greater is He who is in me than he who is in this earth. And I'm telling you, Bethel family, fear not. What did I say? Fear not. Let the mighty man of God rise up in you, the strong arm of the Lord, and work on your behalf and put a sickle in your hand and begin to bring in the harvest that God has. He said in his word, didn't he? Jesus said that the harvest field is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I promise you, my friend, you're going to come to a place, if you haven't already, that you're going to realize that during this time, during this plague, during this crisis, it affects everyone. Whether you're receiving an income or not, they're steering the fear of sickness. And if you're healed and you're receiving an income, you're locked up or you're put away and you're you're, you're letting all these things of the, uh, that you deal with go through your mind. Right now, it's not time to have empty, dead, vain imaginations. It's time to allow your theta to kick in, your creative ability of God to kick in. The, get the mind of Christ. Allow his word to do what? Romans 12 2. be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. It's time for us to walk in revelation. It's time for us to access the faith that we have in God and that God has planted in you and I. What is it? It's time to be a city on a hill. God called this church and he called Bethel to be a city on the hill. That's the first word he gave me when I pulled up on this property and it comes up off the highway and it's a a slow slope to a hill. And God said, from this spot, you will touch the world. And I believe, Bethel, it's our time to not just touch our family, our community, our city, our nation, but it's time to touch the world. I believe the world is is looking for men and women of God just like you. That you're not in a place of hiding. You're in a place of receiving. You're in a place of stirring. You're in a place of fervor. You're in a place of prayer and fasting. Well, you're fasting whether you know it or not. You're fasting time right now. You're, you're not able to go out and do all the things you want to do or you'd like to do or you, you know you need to do in the natural. It's time to hear the voice of God. It's time to rest in the arms of a loving God who stirs in you his gifts, his love, his faith, his hope. Matthew 15 says this, chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. It's time for you to be the light. It's time for you to be the light that lights up Jesus, the light that lights up God. The light that that resounds his glory, his manifested presence, his calmness, his peace, his love, his hope, his understanding. It says, nor do they they, uh, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who who are in the house. I want you to realize that whatever you believe, you will become. Whatever you believe, you will become. So now, as we're going into this holy week, it's time to focus on what we are to become in Christ, that we are his children, we are his sons and daughters. And if you're not, we're going to fix that in a few moments. But it's time now to realize you're part of a bigger plan. You're on a greater team. You're part of a bigger vision. And God knew that you could have been born in any dispensation of time, but he chose this time for you because you were made for this. I want you to say right now, raise both hands, I was made for this. Say, I was made for this. There's nothing that's going to come against you that you cannot overcome through the Spirit of Christ, through the Spirit of our God. John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him, who? Our Savior. What we're talking about on Palm Sunday, to everyone that's received him, have you received him? Are you a believer? Are you born again? Then you're a son, you're a daughter. To them that ever received him, to them, what? He gave power. Not that he will give, but at the moment, the instant you gave your life to Christ, the Spirit of God, his power, everything you'll ever need, entered you at the same time. That's the attributes of his person. Says to them he gave the power, what? To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. What did he do? He gave us revelation. What is revelation? It's the power of seeing. It's to see the unveiled, the uncovered word of God. Proverbs tells us what: without vision, it's impo- without vision, uh, we will perish. Right? The word vision, Kazon, is talking about seeing. The power of seeing it says: without vision, we will cast off all restraints, and we will perish. But see, it's not time to drop the restraints of God's Word. It's not time to break loose the bounds of uh, uh, of prayer, of fasting, of listening, and hearing the Word and reading the Word of God. No, it's time to walk and let them become the embankments around your life that produce life and eternal presence and power and salvation. So revelation is what? It's the greatest asset in the school of faith. The more revelation you have, my friend, the greater faith you will become and you will walk in. Romans 10.10 says what? For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So faith doesn't come by praying alone. You can pray all you want, but it doesn't give you faith. No, you pray through faith. You take your faith, mix it with your words and your thoughts, and you speak it out, and that's your prayer. So we don't, pray, we don't just pray to get faith. Faith comes by hearing and by seeing God's word, by hearing and seeing God and his word. Remember what I shared with you a year ago or longer, Romans 10, verses 16 through 17. It says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Lord, who's believed I report that you are who you said you are and you would do what you said you would do? But here's verse 17. Remember this? So then by faith, what? Then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith, how does faith come? By hearing. But see, there's a double annunciation. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing. Hearing, why would God say that twice? The Word of God. The first time you hear it, you had knowledge of it. But the second time, it should get down in your spirit where you don't only hear it, but you see it. And when the Word of God becomes something you see, now you can amplify that and bring those things into existence that you don't see. Hebrews 11.1, just basic stuff, but this is prophetic to you, church. What? Now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you can say, pastor, you quote that three times every time I'm in your presence. If I'm on a call with you, leadership, if I'm in a service, then maybe you don't have it yet, sir. Ma'am, maybe it's time you really hear to you hear. Because it's, faith is like milk. You either got it or you don't. <laughs> you either got it or you don't. And what you got to understand, faith produces after its own kind. Faith gives you a firm conviction of the things you don't see that become the vehicle of God to go into the unseen realm and to bring it what you need into the seen, known realm that you are in today. Matthew eleven twenty three 23 says this. Jesus said after he cursed the fig tree, remember of his disciples, and then they came back 24 hours later and the tree was dead. And they said, Master, how did you do this? He said, For surely I say to you, whoever says what to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. He didn't say a bulldozer would come and push it over or a million years later it would deteriorate and wash away. That's what cemeteries teach you. Not all, but some. Says, but says what? says, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Now, that word doubt, Diconia, means to be divided in oneself, to separate oneself. So when you have a heart, you have a natural heart. You have a, a natural, you have your spirit. You're, human, you're a human being, right? But when you were born again, John 3, Jesus said, to be born again, to see the kingdom and to enter the kingdom, you must be born by the washing of the word. Well, Jesus is the washing of the word. He is the Logos. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. And then about verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and manifested before us, talking about Jesus. So what I want you to realize, he is the lamb of God. He is the word, the Logos. And what you need to understand, my friend, is that we cannot separate or divide who we truly are. You're no longer just a human being. But now you're a king, you're a queen, you're a little Christ, right? You're an anointed one. He's the anointed one, the Christos, you're a little Christos, you're a little anointed one, a little brother, a little sister, of elder brother, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Who does not doubt what in his natural self, that's one thing, but here's the other thing, you want to walk into your supernatural self. You want to walk beyond your human existence into the God existence. What's the scripture tell us in 2 Corinthians, what is it, 5, 7, or whatever it is, that when you become born again, you become a new creature, a creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, all things pass away. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. What's it talking about? That other heart. Your spirit. The Holy Spirit is encompassed by you, are encompassed by the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit, you are the tabernacle of God. He lives in your earthen vessel. You're the treasure, the treasure of God. His spirit lives in you. His son, his daughter, his earthen vessel. Now look at this. Says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done will have, you know, most things he says, a few things, you know, spiritual things, good things, things that are good. No, no. Will have the things that he says. See, you can be, you can, you can be harassed and to stop speaking things you've heard and have knowledge of, and it didn't come to pass. But when you hear things that you get a revelation of, that means I saw it, I heard, then I heard again till I saw, I believed, I spoke, and it came to pass. The word say in the Greek language is the word epo. It means to declare, to reverberate. What I want you to realize, when a man of faith, a woman of faith prays, what are we doing? We are declaring, we are speaking the Logos, the Word of God, not from our natural heart, but from our spirit man, spirit woman as a son or daughter of God. And what we got to realize, greater is what? He who is in us than he who is in this world. So that's why John 10 says, that, that, that the world we overcome that the world cannot overcome us but by through faith we overcome the world in 1 John it tells us that I'll read that to you in a minute so when you see a word you're not going to be living in doubt it's no longer a thought it's no longer that you something you're echoing you're not a parrot you're a patriot of God you're a son a daughter of God so when you see the word there's no doubt there's no concern. Acts 4.20 says this, as for us, we cannot help speaking what we have seen and heard. where did that come from? When Peter and John what, came to the temple, what happened? They came to the temple, and there was a crippled man, been in there crippled for many decades, and he was a beggar. And they said, silver and gold, we have none, but as we have Rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he rose up and was healed that very very instant. And then what happened, the religious leaders were afraid of their fame and they would kind of give proof that this Jesus was not dead, but he had risen like these so-called Christians said. And they beat him and put him in jail and threatened him and threatened their lives and told him to deny this, but they couldn't. And Peter said, you can do whatever you want. I can't deny this. You murdered our Savior, but he rose again. You crucified him, but he rose again. And he began to talk about Jesus. He said, okay, let him go. They couldn't, they couldn't handle it because the church was over here praying for them to be released. But they also had a revelation that death itself could not take from them. In other words, they had a revelation that they could not heal this man in their power, but if they had faith to hear and see the power of God, they could allow God's power to work through them to heal this man and to heal his body. I want you to realize today, friend, that wherever you're at, maybe you're in fear right now, the coronavirus, the plague, whatever you want to call it, but wherever you are right now, I want you to realize that God's anointing is present to heal you. He said in 1 Peter two twenty four, the scripture clearly tells us, by his stripes, he bore our sufferings on the cross. By his stripes, you were healed. So now it's time to access faith. Now it's time to hear till you hear. It's till you get a revelation, the revealing word of God. The greatest thing that can happen through Holy Week is for you to be healed, for you to be whole. Right now, I just rebuke the... The, the 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 spirits that of infirmity. I rebuke the, the the spirit behind diabetics destroying your pancreas, your body. I command your body to be whole. I command this this ravaging disease to cease its hold, to die and to go. I speak brand new organs in your body, new pancreas, new kidneys, new heart, new lungs, new artery, everything brand new. I speak to what's called heart. Disease or disease. It's under the curse. Yeah, we can do things to help ourselves, but I'm just telling you right now, God's going to heal you anyway. Right now, I speak to your arteries, your heart, and I command right now a brand new heart to come in your body. I rebuke cancer. I command it to leave your body. You say, well, well pastor, I, I, every virus that touches you right now must fall off and die, even warts and things like that that are viral I command them to drop off your body and die. I speak that your body would be whole and pure and healed now. You say, well, well pastor, what are you what are you talking about? How, how can you stand there preaching to an empty auditorium and say this to us? Because I have revelation. And when God releases me to do it, I know it will be done. I don't just go around every time I go, oh, be healed, be whole, be saved, be delivered, be set free. I don't just go through and do that. Do I? No. That's not the way this thing works. I do it when the Spirit of God gives me unction and releases me. I don't want to speak it with Dalton's words. I want to speak the words of the Christos, the anointed one. That's what Holy Week's about. Holy Week is to separate us from the evil, the sickness, the disease, and and, and being lost and put us on our feet on a rock to stay and make us a city on a hill to where you don't just say Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. But you exemplify it. It's saw in you. It shines through you. And it's not just for you, but it's for others as well. What I talked to you about last week. What do difference makers do during difficult times? What do difference makers do during difficult times? You see, that's one of our four Bs. Our mission, while we exist as a church, right? The reason we exist is we belong. We love people just where they are, accept them just as they are. We are loved just as we are. We have a revelation of being loved by Christ. He first loved us. So the first B is belong. I am loved just as I am, not as someone else thinks I should be. I believe in Jesus and his word, and that's what I'm talking about. That's the revelation that comes with more than reading the Bible it's when the Bible grubs hold of you. We believe in Jesus and his word. That's what we believe in. Not just some ceremony of a holy week or a Lent week. I believe in all that, man. But here it is. What is it? Yeah, but it's living at 365 days a year. We become who? We become fully transformed disciples. In other words, disciples like Jesus sent out by the 70 he sent out to heal the sick to cast out devils to make people whole you're his disciple and then that we build what do we build the kingdom of god how do we build we become difference makers if you know you're loved by god and if you believe in him and his word and if you become a fully devoted transformed a fully transformed disciple of Christ guess what you will be a difference maker I want to say this to you as we wind down here. Church, Bethel, this is our time to shine. It's just crazy how God challenged me to preach the message, Jesus on politics, over a month ago. And I was in another flow, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to get on politics. Things are going good. And he wouldn't let up. I had to do it. And I'm so thankful. Because it's really helped us, not just politics in in our political system, but even in churches and how people operate. We, we gotta realize, guys, if I disagree with another pastor, minister, Christian, or a politician, I, I could have a right to disagree if I do it in love and not run my mouth about it, but disagree. But here's the thing, I gotta love them unconditionally. That means I love them with no conditions. If, if they would believe what I believe or if they would just at least trust, understand me or they would accept me, no. I gotta love them just as they are. And then what? Pray for unity. God, how can you unify us for you? How can you unify us for your glory? I mean, God used King Cyrus. God God used people that weren't even godly kings to help his children. He can use anyone. He can use a donkey. He can use a rock. He certainly can use us. Bethel, it's our time to make a difference. It's our time that we're not just trying to, you know, store up toilet paper. I love that little thing, Steph, or someone put on, like, you know, the kids that in, what, 2056, a miracle happened or whatever, he finally used the last roll of toilet paper his mom had saved up from the coronavirus. Listen, guys, it's not time to store up. I know that's not accurate, but it's kind of along that line. But here's what I want to say. It's our time to make a difference. It's our time to be set apart. Not so we're special or we get something over on other churches. It's because there are dying, lost, hurting Broken people. And it would be one thing to say that would just be non-Christians. But that's church folks too. So many church folks are living in fear. So many church folks are living blind right now. Oh, they're saved. They'll get to heaven, you know. They'll, they'll make it. They've accepted Jesus in their heart. They've, he's became their Lord and Savior and all that. But you know what, guys? The sad part of the story is they're missing out on all the benefits. They're missing out on all the awesome things that God has for us, that by his stripes you were healed. That when you pray, not only can you be born again, but you can be filled with his spirit. What's that mean? That means you can be baptized, immersed. You can have your own prayer language. Romans chapter eight says that that language, that prayer language where your spirit, when you pray in it, it will make intercession for you that it will talk with God and with angels on your behalf, things you don't even know you need, it'll tell you. They'll do it for you. How about it, guys? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you going to just let this be another time where you just barely get through? Or are you going to be a city on a hill? Are you going to be a difference maker? I mean, we're on every day, some of us. I'm on several times a week, three, four, five times a week with you. Other team, staff, Mark, all those guys are on, and, and, and we're doing our coaching calls. It's like we always did. We're, we brought new members into the church through this. We're doing a lot of stuff. We're out in the community doing things, but here's the thing, guys. What difference are you making? I mean, this is not a time to be fearful with our money. This is a time, if you're a tither, you need to tithe. It's not a time to hide out and worry and hoard up toilet paper. This is a time to give some toilet paper to your neighbors. This is time to open the door of your heart and open the door of faith and begin to reach out and touch people. Some people are afraid to even let their neighbor know they have toilet paper. I know it's silly, but you are, aren't you? Well, well what do you do when Jesus said the new commandment is to love your neighbors yourself? Hmm. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. We're not to keep anything hidden, we're to release our faith. We're to release our anointing. We're to be difference makers. Not just natural. This is just a mission field. We're here to be supernatural difference makers. How many people will be in heaven because you existed? How many people will escape hell because you walked on this earth? Oh, is that because you built a good retirement up or you know, you got your bachelor's or your master's, your doctorate, or would that be because you started a successful business and became a trillionaire, a billionaire, or whatever? Would that be because you're the most famous preacher in the world? Or would that be because you did whatever it took to be a difference maker right where you're at? In your home, in your neighborhood, at work, at school, in the hospitals, in the city, doing some kind things for our men and women on the front lines, our medical doctors, nurses, all of our paramedics, our, our first responders, our police officers, security, all those folks. What an opportunity to love them. Lift up your political leaders. Lift them up, man. There are, so many of them are godless and so confused. They need you now more than you don't need you to say, like, see, I told you, I told you. This is what it. No, right now, they need your faith, they need your agreement. Would you give up on your son or your daughter just because they're doing stupid stuff and they never came to Christ? No. You'd be doing whatever you could to lead them. You'd be praying for them. You'd be interceding. You need to pray for your political leaders. You need to intercede for them. It's not a time to let death come off your tongue. Division come off. If you don't have anything good to say, just shut up. Do God a favor. Do the kingdom a favor and just... If you've if you got to type it, just unplug your keyboard so at least nobody else sees stupidity flowing out of your fingers. If you don't have anything positive to say, do the body of Christ a favor and do that. So, well, pastor, that's, that's not very nice. I think I'll turn you off. Honey, you turned me off a long time ago because if you don't have any more revelation than that, you don't even belong to the, this ministry. You, you, you're naive. I love you too much to sit here and pet you and let you be silly. It's time to speak God's word. It's time to speak faith, hope, and love. If anything else comes off our lips other than faith, hope, and love, we just need to do this. If you don't have anything good to say, my mama, you say, just don't say it. And I think that's what we need to practice. Why? Listen, guys, not just millions, B, billions of souls depend on what we do right now. No other time in history that I know of, even during the war, they had bars open. No other time in the world that I saw that government offices are closing. Yeah, you can do some stuff online, but you can hardly get any government office. The government shut down, basically. you got, you got bars shut down. What else we got? we got churches shut down. Basically, nations are pretty much shut down. Do you think something's up? It's never happened in the life of this nation before. Do you think you might be? Listen, listen to me. Do you think you might be a chosen vessel of God born in the most unique time other than when Christ walked this earth? That's where you're at right now. And history will tell what you and I do with it. It's not time to back up. We're, we're doing things and sowing into families and the income's way less than it normally is, but you know what? We're like, hey, we're sowing. We, we got families that are hurting. We're blessing them. We're giving out double the food we've ever given out. We're doing whatever it takes because it takes whatever it takes for those that are difference makers. Listen, guys, it's time. Everybody has their cute little mission statements and their cute little slogans. It's time to live it now. It's time to live the four Bs. It's time to be eternal difference makers. And I'm not going to sit here and make an excuse to you about where I'm at. I, I am so proud of our church. Listen, I'm so proud that God moved on our heart years ago to start push pay and ACH and other ways people could give. I, I'm so proud of our leadership here. I'm so proud and honored that we started our raising disciples up and leaders three years ago on coaching calls. I'm excited we even do our membership through that. We didn't even have to stop it. I'm so excited that we already had Facebook Live and we can communicate with you on a regular basis. And, you know, it's maybe not some super quality, but God can give us new equipment. I'm not worried about it, but we're getting the message out. Man, that stuff doesn't just happen. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. And there's not one of the things that I mentioned to you that we weren't attacked over. But we're not mad. We just knew God said do it. And since God said do it, we did it. And sometimes you may be like David Wilkerson, a great pastor and prophet and apostle who's been with the Lord for a a number of years. He's already been with the Lord. and his prophecy from 1986, people laughed at him and mocked him for that stupid prophecy. And look at it, they're living it now. Guys, you're in a unique time. You're here to be a standard bearer. You're here to raise up In faith, hope, and love. You're here to serve others because that's the way you serve Christ. He said, I can't even give a cool drink of water in my name unless you do it. Why? He chose the method to use you and I. (sighs) Palm Sunday. Was that encouraging for you? (laughs) Well, you wanted this hillbilly preacher. You got him. And all I can do is give you what God gave me And believe me, I was doing some repenting when he was downloading it to me. I was a little late even getting in here to you because I I was just, the Holy Spirit messed me up in a good way. But I'll never be the same. One thing about it, when he pounds it in Dalton's thick skull, he'll stick with it. I'm not doing it perfectly, but I'll do it and I'll be persistent. I'm just asking you to be persistent. I'm just asking you to try. I'm just asking you to stay in the game. Use this time to get in word, the Word. Use this time to grow. Man, look at the Word God gave us two, almost two years ago. Supernatural advancement in every area of our life, what? Through clarity, growth, and vitality. If you're not growing, you're dying. What are you doing right now? So I wanna pray for you. I've already prayed for those that are sick. And, but if you're, I wanna pray for you that are far away from God right now. We might even call it like the old days, backslidden. And for you that's never known Christ, won't you make him your Lord and Savior today? It says that you simply pray and ask him to come into your life, and he'll come. He's already given us the grace. Jesus is the grace. We pray through faith. He's given you the faith. He won't reject anyone that'll come to him. There's no VIP centers. There's only lost sons and daughters that need to come home the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The question is, which Lord will you be with? The God of this world in hell or your heavenly Father? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's promise to no man. When you saw how, listen, listen, sir, listen, ma'am. Listen, young adult, millennial, listen, teenagers and children. Look how one little thing shut every nation on this planet down or set it back. One little virus. So you're okay walking on this planet the rest of your existence without God? You see, I have a hope that's not of this world. I have an existence that's not of this world. I have a faith and a love that's not of this world. So I want you to have it too. I want you to have my daddy. I want to share my daddy with you. He's my daddy. He's Abba. He's Father. He's love. He's faith. He's hope. Won't you come home today? Won't you just get right where you are and by your sofa, wherever you're at, kneel down? Your family needs to see you do it. Don't hide. Your spouse, your kids. Or if you're alone, you're not really alone. Just get down on your knees. I'll get down with you. And I I just want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you lost, undone, and a sinner. I ask you now to come and live in my heart. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again. That's what this week's all about. And I ask you now, Lord, come, live in my heart, and be my Lord and Savior. Be my Father. Be my God. Be my daddy. Make me your child in Jesus' name. Satan, I'm no longer in your family. I'm born again. I'm blood-bought. I'm a king's kid. And I'm so thankful for it. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. Type it on your your screen there. Call this ministry. Go on our website. They'll put ways you can communicate it. We got a book. We got some things we want to put in your hand to help you. We want to be there. We'll call you. We'll do whatever you want. We want to be there for you. This should be the greatest time of salvation in the body of Christ. Not hand-wringing time. Not tightening up, holding back. This should be the greatest time in the body of Christ. This is our time to be a city on the hill. And I believe that's who Bethel harvests church is. So join me tonight as I'm on for an hour with my buddy, Pastor Jay Atkins, and invite some people with you. But make sure you share this and share this and share this so that every person you could even imagine knowing would have an opportunity to hear the message you heard today. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you soon.